Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. It's Super Bowl week. It's Super Bowl week. Bickley and Murata, live from the Phoenix Convention Center at Media Row. Good morning, Valley sports fans. How is everybody doing today? We have made it to Wednesday of Super Bowl week. It is Wednesday, right, Vinny? I believe it is. This whole week has been a blur. It's going to be hard to top yesterday where I got off the air yesterday and the story of a guy climbing up the Chase Tower right outside. I When I was leaving downtown, I got to an intersection and there were, I don't know... 15 fire trucks there. Right. And I'm like, what is going on? Right. Is there a bomb threat? Is there a security issue at the Super Bowl? What is happening? Didn't know what it was until later on. Saw it on social media. And then watch the guy's own videos while he's just casually climbing up. He's posting on Instagram while climbing without any safety measures. Okay, so I asked for the 15,000th time. What is the matter with people? <laughs> how much time do we have? We, this is a four-hour show. I don't know if four hours is going to cover it today. How strong is that dude's feet, by the way, <laughs> to climb 40 stories without any help? Spider-Man style. Not even, like, ladder style. Just inching himself up side right. to side with his arms right. and his legs. Right. Horrifying. 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 It's quite literally somebody who's got this intense fear of heights. That I, I watched that my feet begin to ache. Oh, I, 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 I was like, I couldn't watch anymore. Think, and again, he's just casually posting. I like, I first saw climbing like that. I used to watch American Ninja Warrior. Yeah. You ever watch yes. that show? Those guys are climbing, and there's all kinds of safety involved, and they're climbing walls that are like 15 feet high. That's the tallest building in Arizona. Wild. <laughs> I was watching that on the couch, and my lovely husband had to remind me, Sarah, you're on the ground. I was getting woozy. Were, I was getting nervous. Right? I was like, I, I was starting it. to feel yeah. sick. And he was like, you're not there. You're I'm on the ground. You, people like that who have no qualms about just, you know, standing inches away from death. I just go, oh, hey, what's up, Grim? And doing How it, are you? Doing it for a person, uh, you know, an actual human being. That, that, there was a cause behind it. Some some woman He's who's, the pro-life Spider-Man. He is. That is his he is. Yeah. That's his deal. <laughs> kind of ironic, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Almost not. <laughs> Almost not pro-life. Yes, yeah, right. That's exactly life right. Life goes out the window. Right. This is the right. inter- an interesting trend of people doing outrageous stunts to support stuff that has nothing to do with the stunt they're doing. Like the people that were throwing soup on paintings. Yes, yes. Which is so Like there's no connection to like what they're actually yeah, trying to... Yeah, never mind the painting because it's the yeah, soup he's that he's wasting the good soup. We were wasting the soup. Yeah, never mind the Mona Lisa. That's Jared's you're cause. The, you're wasting the minestrone. The Don't right? Waste Soup Coalition. Right. Yeah, don't Waste Soup Coalition. <laughs> Give All it right. to me instead. We, uh, we have quite a day ahead of us in the Valley. Oh uh, let's Let's get started. Start the show, Ferret. The Splash. Splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The Splash. Animal. Animal coming. Animal coming. The Splash. Brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. Yeah, the transaction is complete just a day after being approved. 29-0 by the NBA's Board of Governors. Matt Ishbia and company took over control of the Phoenix Suns and Mercury on Tuesday afternoon. Press conference scheduled for this morning. 
at uh, 11.30 at Footprint Center, at which time Ishbia will address the Phoenix and NBA media for the first time. Uh, man, you want to talk about a whirlwind. This this is, you know, all things considered, been a very quick transition from the Robert Sarver era. And I know the end of the Robert Sarver era seemed like it took forever. But from the moment he said, I'm putting this team up for sale, yeah. till now, right. this is a whirlwind which is Which is why I jumped you at the start of yesterday's show. I think we need to put a statue of Baxter Holmes outside the Footprint Center. Okay? Never right mind making Jerry fun Colangelo. of him. I want, yes, right next to the Jerry Colangelo statue that will hopefully be outside of Footprint Center soon. Maybe they could rename the D-Bax mascot. Right, Baxter, Baxter Holmes. Holmes. Yeah. D-Baxter. Valley Boys right. are the Baxter Boys. Okay, so it was interesting yesterday because this is all coming together because you, you could see some feature stories on Matt Ishbia done by industrious media people in the Valley mm-hmm. who took the time out, got a hold of him and said, okay, the story's not going to run until you buy the team. The day it breaks, and so Doug Haller had one, Dwayne Rankin had one. Very interesting things Matt Ishbia had to say, and it got all very op- positive and optimistic until the Isaiah Thomas yes. news broke last night. And that's night. where I'm going uh, next. Chris Haynes of TNT reported something that started percolating last week that Hall of Famer Isaiah Thomas would be joining the Suns front office after Ishbia took over the team. Uh, that report first started with FS1's Rick Buecher, but a short time after the report hit the airwaves on the Suns broadcast on Tuesday, Ishbia representatives reached out to several members of the media, including our own Kellen Olson, to say that will not be the case. Of course, eyebrows were raised on the Thomas report as he was a central figure in the New York Knicks front office in 2007 when the MSG company settled an $11.6 million sexual harassment in the workplace lawsuit. Yes. So that was a very... From from yes. the time Haynes said it to confirm what would have been floating out there that we, we had mentioned on the show a couple times, uh, to the point where Dwayne Rankin, Kellen Olson, and others said, this is not happening. I, I don't know the exact time frame. It seemed like it was about 35, 45 minutes. About that. Yeah. About that. Yeah. It was a... It was a, You talk about a new ownership group getting thrust into crisis management right away. I mean, really? You couldn't even get a day in before you had to go into that mode. Wait, wait, wait a we minute. Did we? This one. Right. Yeah. So, uh, welcome, Matt Ishbia. Yes. <laughs> Just again. leave Isaiah at home. Yeah, they beat the Brooklyn Nets 116-112 at Barclays Center. Devin Booker came back after a 21-game absence, but this game was more about DeAndre Ayton. Suns big man at 35 Five points on 14 of 18 shooting added 15 rebounds and hit two key free throws with three seconds left when things got too close for comfort after a series of Suns miscues. Second consecutive game that Aiton has gone for 30 and 15. First two times in his career that's happened, by the way. Booker, meanwhile, had a, a 19 points in 25 minutes. Chris Paul added nine points, 12 assists, and five steals in the win. Suns now 3-0 and on the road trip as they notch win number 30. Cam Thomas. Cam Thomas? Thomas? Went for 43 a, points. Oh, man. What? His third consecutive game eclipsing the 40-point mark. But he got a lot of help at the end. He came into the last three games averaging eight points a game, Vinny. Yeah. And now he's uh, and now 40, he's like blowing up. 44, 47, and yeah. 40. Suns yeah, held him to 43. Suns, good win. Really good win for the Suns. Uh, the road trip continues tomorrow night. Atlanta against the Hawks, a team that beat them by 32 points in Phoenix last week. 
and then that trip will conclude in uh, Indiana Friday against the Pacers. There's a new all-time scorer in the NBA. It's LeBron James of the Lakers. James entered Tuesday night's game needing 36 points to eclipse Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's record of 39,387 points, and James got 38. He hit a 14-foot fadeaway jumper over Kenrich Williams with 10 seconds left in the third quarter to eclipse the mark, which has stood since 1984. The historic effort wasn't enough as Oklahoma City beat the Lakers 133-130 to at Crypto.com. Somebody had a very, very funny line yesterday. What Could you imagine the outrage if LeBron's record-setting basket came out of goaltending? <laughs> if somebody on the other team decided just to troll with the highlight, yeah. and when LeBron put up the shot, just put your hand up through the bottom of the net, knock it out. That would be... <laughs> I think that would be less egregious than LeBron breaking the record on a skyhook, but... I mean, that, that would that would have been grotesque. He mentioned told, it in his post-game I, press conference. He's that's unaware. That, yes, yeah, we'll, I totally agree. We'll, we'll get into it. Uh, there was one minor trade that went down in the NBA. Trade deadline tomorrow, by the way. The Heat have traded center Dwayne Dedman in a 2028 second round pick to the Spurs for cash considerations. Deadman was in the news recently uh, because he was taken out of a game um, uh, in the second quarter. Wasn't very happy. Started an argument with Eric Spolstra and the players on the bench. And as he was leaving to go back to the locker room, he swatted at a massage gun and it flew like 35 feet onto the court. Nearly hit players who were actually playing in the game. So no word on whether wow. or not the massage gun is on its way to San Antonio as well. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I miss that. Uh, today is uh, day 31 since the Arizona Cardinals fired head coach Cliff Kingsbury. Still no word on whom the next head coach will be. Still down to two finalists, Cincinnati Bengals defensive coordinator Lou Anarumo and New York Giants offensive coordinator Mike Kafka. A former Cardinals coach did find work on Tuesday. San Francisco 49ers tabbing Steve Wilkes as their new defensive coordinator, replacing D'Amico Ryans, who's the new head coach in Houston. Wilkes has defensive coordinator experience with the Carolina Panthers and Cleveland Browns, and inherits a defense that ranked number one overall in the NFL, yielding just 300 yards and 16.3 points. Yeah, that's uh, that's a, that's a nice launching pad for Steve Wilkes. It if is. you can't get a head coaching job out of that position he has now, then you're not going to get The last two DCs in San Francisco, Robert yeah. Sala and D'Amico Ryans, exactly. both head coaches. Exactly. Uh, the Vegas Raiders have given the New Orleans Saints permission to talk to quarterback Derek Carr about a possible trade. Carr spent his entire nine-year career with the Raiders and is the franchise's all-time leading passer in terms of yards and touchdowns. And it's not even close. I looked it up today. Like... He's got over 30,000 yards. Kenny Stabler's second with 19,000 yards. For a storied franchise like that, wow. they've never had a 20,000-yard passer uh, until Derek Carr. And it's Pro-Am Day out at the TPC Scottsdale. Let's and go. The Waste Management Phoenix Open, the WM Phoenix Open. Yes. The main tournament gets underway tomorrow with Scotty Scheffler as the defending champion in a great field. But you can see Larry Fitzgerald, Adam Thielen, Michael Phelps, J.J. Watt, Bruce Arians, Ed Smith, Alex Rodriguez, Ryan Fitzgerald. Patrick Albert Pujols among the field today, yeah. so it's a loaded field for the. Oh, program. it always well. is. Yeah, the, this is uh, this is probably aside from Pebble Beach. This has got to be one of the more um, more embraced programs you're ever going to find. Yeah. Like you said, always a good field. Yeah. Uh, There you go. There's your splash for Wednesday, February 8th, 2023, as we are live from Media Row Super Bowl 57 at the Phoenix Convention Center. Media Row coverage is brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 5.7% on your retirement savings. Coming up, yeah, the deal is done. The takeover is complete. Sons are undefeated with a new owner. We'll get into the Matt Ishbia story next. 
It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata, live from the Phoenix Convention Center at Meteor Row. I was able to talk with uh, Matt a little bit briefly this morning, and this is what he wanted me to relay. He said, I invested in this team because I believe the Suns can be the best organization in the NBA. We have the fans, the market, and the talent to compete for a title every single year, and that's what I intend to do. And, guys, another thing he intends to do, sources inform me, that he intends to bring on Isaiah Thomas, the Hall of Famer, to have a prominent role within the front office. So Isaiah Zeke, that is, will collab with James Jones in the front office. That's a big move right there. Yeah, that was uh, one of the things that was said on the TNT broadcast of the Suns went over the Nets last night. Chris Haynes delivering the news, and we'll we'll glaze over the first part about you know the, having a great organization. Obviously, that's the goal. The second part of that is the interesting part to me, Bick, and that was the report of Isaiah Thomas coming in and having a prominent role in the Suns' front office. As we just talked about in the splash, half hour, 45 minutes later... Suns representatives are reaching out to the media and saying that will not be the case. Yeah, that will not be the case. So, the, so the question becomes: Chris Haynes, uh, and again, this is this has been kind of floating around for a couple of days now, and and so I I don't doubt the veracity or the intentions of of Chris Haynes is reporting, but I do think uh, very quickly the Matt Ishbia team kind of got a a, a a quick lesson in. PR last night, mm-hmm. and that was after everything that led to Robert Sarver's ouster. This sudden, let's celebrate the 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 um, the incoming Isaiah Thomas, even though he was the, at the center of what was a workplace um, environment issue with the Knicks. Yes. It just did not go over very well, obviously for good reason. No, and, and the way that that, that that settlement happened in 2007 when Isaiah Thomas was with the Knicks, they wrote a check for $11.6 million to a former employee, and it was a messy situation. You can find articles about it. Uh, the, the Knicks made the, uh, and MSG made the settlement, but afterwards basically said these these are these are lies this is not true they tried to fire uh, the 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 woman at the center of the the litigation because she tried to rally employees it was, yeah the it, details whatever, are listen what, whatever you... it was it was a circus yeah and coming out of the circus that the sons just wrapped up from from their own workplace environment problems mm-hmm. this would have been arguably the worst first step that could have been made oh, without a doubt and then on top of it Isaiah Thomas's job performance as a team builder in New York, why would you hire him in the first place? So, um, as Ralph Amsden so eloquently said last night on social media, it was a 43-year-old billionaire from Detroit acting like a 43-year-old billionaire from Detroit. Yeah. That's what it was like. Hire, bring it in. Let's bring in Pistons, man. Let's, you know, is Rick Mahorn next? John Sally? And so, and my point is this. It, that That is a, it's a bad, bad idea. I, I can't imagine how Adam Silver might have reacted to that, but that was quite a quite a uh, quite a quite a thing to witness within the span of, like you said, forty five minutes for that report to drop. Chris Haynes so confident in that report, and I was to- yes, and I was told he had real good reason to be confident in that report. So much so that TNT went with it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Went with it. It's not like he went rogue. Oh there. no, no, and, no, no. And it, it that one, you know, Chris Haynes amplifying what had been out there was kind of the lighting of the fuse because I read that 
for the first time on Friday. Mm-hmm. Saw it in print on Friday, and I think I checked with you on Monday morning, and it, I, it, it, it missed, there wasn't a lot of reaction to it. No. Because it, it, it went kind of by the wayside. I don't know how I missed it. When you brought it out to me, I was like, what? And then I read it, and I was a double what? <laughs> and now I'm like, what, I'm what, what? Right, exactly. Because, listen, I'm going to tell you something. I'm, sh- I'm from Chicago. If you didn't know, I'm a Jordan guy. I'd have issues with Isaiah Thomas from the jump. <laughs> I don't, regardless of anything, I'd have issues with them. Okay? I'm just being real. Yeah. That's the way I grew up. But it goes a lot deeper than that. But of course, and, I, and I'm being facetious here, and it does. And it, it's, so So I'm, I'm I, it'll be interesting to see how they clean that up today. Matt Ishby is going to uh, meet the media today. It's going to be sort of, uh, you know, the celebratory champagne bottle over the bow of the boat. Pookie, you want to do the honors? <laughs> oh, he scratched my anchor. <laughs> Sorry, Sarah. These are random. That's okay. Caddyshack lines. If Matt um, Ishbia gets up today with now. a bottle of champagne and says something about the flying wasp, I'm so in. <laughs> okay, so um, so all of that, all of that feeds to the. It, it's a little bit of a. I'm not. A warning sign might be a little too much, but but that there's a lot of fanboy in that that makes me yes. a little uncomfortable. But it's also interesting that. You know, this became a thing on day one, hours after he officially took over control of these franchises. Because if you did read the Doug Haller piece or the Dwayne Rankin piece, it was a very big tenet of those pieces was, hey, I'm not making big changes coming in. I'm going to take about 90 days. I'm going to take a survey yeah. of the land. And right. yet, this was rumored, and at one point, rumored strong enough to where it was a prominent role reported on an NBA Partners Airways. Yes. So that I mean, yes, that's not exactly lining At, up right. No, no, it's really, really not. And so I, so I hope that 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 smarter heads prevail in this, or or maybe this will be something where Matt Ishbia, you know, might reevaluate this going into next season. Yeah. Either way, we don't know what the future of James Jones is going to be. It's going to be fascinating because lost in all of this is now suddenly how coherent this basketball team looks. Right? DeAndre Ayton has played his two best games since the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, there's no doubt. He, he 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 looks like he's taking that leap. And in the splash, and I feel we'll get more into the game later on this hour. But Mikel Bridges was fantastic in the, yeah, the third quarter. Yeah, he quarter was. Uh, what he scored? Fifteen in the third last in night. The third quarter. Yeah, he was tremendous. Now they got sloppy at the end and nearly punted that game away. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know they they got some big free throws down the stretch. Um, and here's another thing to consider. Again, I don't know when those quotes were gathered in the pieces that, that went public yesterday. Um, but Matt Ishbia said, look, there's one player we have to move. I believe we're a championship caliber team if we don't do anything. Which, <laughs> you know, the day before the trade deadline. And let's face it, there's a good portion of the Suns fan base that's like out for blood in that they want big changes. They want the big blockbuster trade. They want Aiton gone. They want Cam Johnson gone. They want Jay Crowder gone. Hey, if Chris Paul can be dealt for something of use, do that too. It's not the whole fan base, but I, I found that to be interesting timing with the release of that piece, those pieces yesterday mm-hmm. before the trade deadline. And, you know, it kind of holds up to what you said. The Suns look like a real basketball well, team again. What's interesting to me too is I, I would guess I don't know this for a fact that the reporting in the interviews done by both Doug Haller and Dwayne Rankin probably preceded the Kyrie Irving trade re- request. 
probably. Okay, yeah. and so in in that state, so from that frame of mind, Matt Ishbia might have been very much like, okay, there's not, we're not doing much because he's probably thinking there's not much there to do. And then the Kyrie Irving thing might have changed everything, and 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 so like I said, there's a little bit of uh, there's a little bit of incongruity when you read the pieces and you talk about I'm rolling slow, I'm going to come in, I'm going to observe everything. Now he, he's not talking rolling as slow as Tony Larusa. Famously did. Who rolled into how many years did he spend scouting the farm? Yeah, three gonna, and a half years, wasn't it? We're gonna take about three years to see what we really got here. Well, I am going to visit the locker of every minor league facility and I'll get back to you with my report in about a year and a half. <laughs> Tony so, just really likes spending time in Visalia. I don't know. Well there's 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 a virtue to being thorough. I, I'm not gonna say there's not, but but I think in the case here it, it's um if what I've seen from the Suns recently, and again, I don't know how this is going to stack up against elite teams, especially in playoff series, and hopefully the Jay Crowder piece is going to bring something that's going to help, but I'm perfectly fine with rolling the dice with this group. Perfectly fine with it. I am too, um, and I know that would disappoint a lot of people if that, if that's the conclusion. If we're talking about you know nothing being done on Friday morning on this show, but um, I, I'm perfectly fine with it too because they're still but, not complete. I mean, Landry Shamit has been up and down his entire stay in Phoenix. They really miss Cameron Payne or a backup point guard that they can rely on. Saban Lee's done some good things, but Saban Lee did some really not good things last night, too. That, oh, that affected yeah. No, no, no. That, that, that listen, he can't, we can't even talk about Saban Lee in the playoffs together. That's no. not going to be a piece you're going to see in the postseason. And no. If we, and, if, and if you actually are having that conversation, then you're not thinking about winning a championship because yeah. that's not the way it works. If your rotation shrinks, I mean, Josh Okogie's fallen out of the rotation. Dwayne Washington's gone. Saban Lee wouldn't be part of the rotation. Landry no. Shamit struggled to get playoff minutes last year. Mm-hmm. You can't go into the playoffs with two guards. No, Cam- Cameron Payne could be the third guard. Somebody right. else could be the third well, guard. That is you true. Need, you need at least that many. You could text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, we have no resolution on the Cardinals coaching search, but we did get some juicy comments from a former NFL quarterback yesterday on that very coaching search. We'll tell you who said what about whom next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata, live from the Phoenix Convention Center at Meteor Row. Uh, we were talking here, talking, talking, talking. And was a, I'd say, well, you can't go to Charlotte. Yeah. That's the NFC South. Uh, you can't go to Houston. They don't have a quarterback down there. You don't want to be in Houston. Uh, where else could he have gone? Where, where, Arizona. Arizona, no. Nah, mm. nah, that quarterback. You don't want to work with that yeah. quarterback. But he'd rather work with Russ? Uh, I don't think so. But Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, you know what? That's all he's got. Yeah. Yeah, well, he's got no choice. But I'll tell you one thing. He'll get the most out of him. That's Terry Bradshaw from Fox, the whole Fox broadcast team. Of course, they are the uh, rights holders for this year's Super Bowl, uh, which is Sunday here at State Farm Stadium. We're live from Media Row at Super Bowl 57. Our coverage brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Uh, But they had the whole crew out here, the whole NFL on Fox crew. And that was Terry Bradshaw answering questions about a co-worker. Yeah. 
Sean Payton, who was not part of the crew here because he's not part of the crew anymore. Mm-hmm. He is now the head coach of the Denver Broncos. Uh, didn't want to work with Kyler Murray. Didn't want to work with Russell Wilson either. But as Terry Bradshaw put it, didn't really have a choice. Mm-hmm. I disagree with that part. He had a choice. Sean Payton did not have to go back to coaching this year, no. unless he desperately hated no. the whole broadcasting gig, which uh, which we which I I don't doubt that he did. Yes, uh, but let's focus on the Kyler Murray part. Did, right, we, we've heard we've heard this a lot, and this is coming from a guy who on the set on Sundays talked to Sean Payton a lot, and I have no reason to doubt that Terry Bradshaw was just inventing that particular fact. Oh, I don't know about that. I I, I think that um I, I think that that Sean Payton might have talked loosely about some of these jobs. Uh, they've spent a lot of time together. I, I would Terry Bradshaw make up a fact in an interview like that something that I don't, I don't that's impugning so. of right. a yeah. No, I I don't think he would. So so I, I I think what it comes down to first of all was all right. Um, how how much of a deal breaker was Kyler Murray to Sean Payton? And if that is the case, is that opinion? shared unanimously throughout the league and then if that is the case what does that do to Kyler Murray if indeed he is even paying attention. Um, I, I said earlier about a week ago that it, that if I were Kyler Murray I, I, I would be more angry than ever at my so-called quote-unquote critics. The Aaron Glenn laughing during an interview with Ryan Clark uh-huh. would, would make my blood boil because as, he, as Kyler Murray has reminded a lot of people, we're talking about a kid that was unbeaten in high school and a guy that won the Heisman Trophy. Yes. All right, this is a guy that has accomplished a lot in his life and overcome a lot of obstacles. So you got to put a little respect on him. And, and to be laughing at him the way people laugh at him, uh, I take offense to that. I, I, I read the report. I retweeted it out from this Newsday reporter who, who had an interview, this interview with Terry Bradshaw. I went back and watched it, and Terry was a little off the cuff. And and Terry was freewheeling, and it looked like Terry it looked like Terry didn't even know he was being interviewed. Mm-hmm. Right? Didn't it seem it that like way? He was just having a half a little drink with his buddy. Yeah, that's kind of what it sounded like. And and this is coming after Terry Bradshaw's very erratic post championship <laughs> game performance. Okay, in which a lot of people wondered how sober he was at the time. Okay, and, and I, again, this is you have to context matters, right? So I watched it and I thought, okay, what exactly is this? What it is is another bad look for Kyler Murray. JJ um, Watt had a very awkward exchange with Dan Patrick. Yeah. Here when was, it came to Kyler Murray. Here, that uh, subject came up on Dan Patrick's show yesterday with J.J. Watt. Here's that what that awkwardness sounded I like. I don't know where his trajectory is. I'm trying to be, it feels like Jalen Hurts has a better sense of who Jalen Hurts is than Kyler Murray does. This is some deep, deep stuff. This is, this, I was not prepared for the deep level of questioning this morning. Yeah, I normally I don't get that deep. No, yeah. I was not ready to go into the psychological aspects of players that are not myself. Um, but you're there on the team. You yeah, see it. Absolutely. I don't know if you mentor, if he listens to anybody, but... I don't know. It's just a weird feeling. He's a wonderful talent. I remember when he was in high school. He could do everything. Sometimes when yeah. it's too easy, then, you know, are you really developing, putting in the time? But how easy was it at Oklahoma? Uh, I mean, in, that offense, in, in that offense, it was pretty easy. It wasn't easy. This, oh, I guess, yeah, it was. Yeah. Baker Mayfield, yeah. it was easy for him, too. Could I do it? What? Do you think I could do it? I think uh, Lincoln Riley could make me a Heisman winner. Yeah. You think he could make me a Heisman winning quarterback? No, but don't change the subject. That'd be fun. Yeah. You could be the tight end there. I'll make you a tight end there. 
<laughs> okay, and so there it went. So J.J. Watt did a good job of deflecting the line of questioning, yes. but he certainly didn't jump to Kyler's defense. No. No. And what do you read from that? I mean, J.J. Watt, uh, he's joked about his hockey background in the past. There was there was some pad saves going on there. Oh, a I lot like of, that. A lot of deflection. Kick save and a beauty. <laughs> Watt with a kick save. Um yeah, what do you what do you read into that? Because it, yeah, I read into it that a guy who is no longer on the Cardinals, who who probably wants to who who doesn't want to lie to Dan Patrick and give him athlete speak because he doesn't have to because he's no longer on the Cardinals. Yet he certainly did not feel compelled to really truly have Kyler's back. That's pretty obvious because after that, as you know, JJ Watt went and told a much more affectionate anecdote about Antonio Brown. Yeah. <laughs> of all people, you know what I mean. I, I mean, if if you move from if you move from Kyler Murray to say who's a David Johnson, if you move to a saintly person like yeah, I mean, that, that's you can't you say can't beat that. He's a great right, guy, right? But you jump to go, right in to go and start and then now to, to to transition to being to very awkwardly not being able to even remotely address the reality of Kyler Murray to telling an anecdote about. Uh, Antonio Brown tells you something. So, uh, as I said, this was a rough day perceptually for Kyler Murray. It, it will was. not. It will not be his last between now and next season. No, and and the problem for Kyler Murray is he, is he can't address these and he can't start to correct this line of thinking from day one this year because he's injured. Right. Those things lining up the way the season went for the Arizona Cardinals added into Kyler Murray's injury is the worst possible scenario for the individual. No doubt, no doubt about it. And maybe for the team because it could be affected. You know, it, it, it certainly it is a factor in, in, in where they are now 31 days into a coaching search. Yes. I don't ever recall this being talked about this much with a coach, quarterback. Everybody always says, "What do you look for?" Uh, you know, to, to prospective coaches, what do you look for in a franchise? What's attractive there? And the quarterback is always high on the list. If you have one, that's a check mark. The Cardinals have one. This, if this difficulty that's being discussed so freely and so widely right now right. has been an issue, I'm even more perplexed that the Cardinals are in the scenario that they're in yeah. because they've locked themselves to this guy. Yes. I, and again, I'm not saying it is, and I'm not saying it's not. No, it's just being be, talked about no. more so than any other coaching search I can ever remember. Theoretically, you're right on the money, and, and it's it really comes down to this. Kyler Murray is a guy that's been an, an MVP candidate for parts of two seasons. This should not be a guy that would be an impediment no. to coming to coach him unless, unless what we don't know is so bad that 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 the people who have privy to it are making life-changing decisions because of it. I don't think that's the case. I think Kyler Murray's weird. I think he's a loner. I think he's been entitled. Um, I don't think I think communicate his communication skills are very stilted and awkward. So I, I mean, you even see him trying to run a huddle or talk to people during practice, and it and it's it seems like a chore to communicate with them. But but. Come on, let's let's not conflate that with with somebody who is just you know a terrible dude because he didn't strike me that way. No, 
But again, you you look at the past, and it was talked about even in that snippet with Dan Patrick and J.J. Watt. This is a guy who maybe didn't it, it, things did come easy to him. He's yeah. one of those gifted, touched athletes that mm-hmm. when things come easy to you, you don't necessarily know how to adapt or how to increase what what you're doing. Right. And, and that might be the long term right. process for Kyler Murray. What he needs to go well, through because it's obvious you you can't skate your way through the NFL. No, and by now Kyler Murray has got to know a lot differently about it. this is not easy anymore yes, yes and and so he's got to realize that so so I, I really hope that he is yearning for somebody to show him the way as much as I would be if I were in his shoes yeah and I know uh, it might still be the case but Kyler Murray's uh, Twitter account uh, still says it, it's easy does it okay I, I, I don't I know I, check on it yeah. right now <laughs> I, it, listen it, it's it, uh, I, I'm not his PR person. If I were, yeah. I'd tell him to change the It's Easy it's, and the Easy Money t-shirts. I'd, I'd hang those up forever. It's easy. Okay, yeah, yeah, I'd hang those up forever. Yeah, I would too. Uh, make it difficult. Make it difficult on yourself. Listen for your name every day this week for your chance to win tickets to Super Bowl 57. Just text SUPER to 620-620 to register once you hear your name. Call in within the time frame. You could be headed to Super Bowl 57 plus the FanDuel Party, Bud Light Music Fest, and Super Bowl Experience. Again, text SUPER to 620-620. Come Coming up next, we've talked a lot about the Suns' ownership transition, but the product on the court deserves some conversation as well. Another win in Brooklyn. We'll get into it next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings, live from Media Road, Super Bowl 57. Media Road coverage brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 5.7% on your retirement savings. We're back after this on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata, live from the Phoenix Convention Center at Meteor Row. Dribbles around Thomas, back to Booker, just inside the half-court stripe. They play catch, Bridges drives the lane, pull-up jumper from 10, in and out, no, but there's Aiden for the putback flush, and D.A. has been all over it tonight. Timeout, Nets with 54 seconds to play. Suns retake the 8-point lead, 111-103. How about 33 points and 14 boards from DeAndre Aiden on the night? We'll take a break. Finished with 35 and 15 on the night with DeAndre Ayton. An eight-point lead there. Got real hairy at the end. Some sloppiness with the basketball. Some missed free throws. A parade to the free throw line by Cam Thomas. But the Suns get the win uh, in Brooklyn over the Nets. Their third straight to start this uh, road trip to the East. And, uh, man, DeAndre Ayton the, yeah. <laughs> looks like a, a, a bit of a different player, especially in the last two games. Hi, okay, so what explains the last two games, in your opinion? How can a guy who's looked the way he he does the last couple of games follow that up with a nine and six kind of line, and, and again, we're, I don't want to turn this into a negative because what he what he's done the last two games to me, and I've watched every minute of the last two games. Those are the best games he has played since the Western Conference Finals against the Clippers a couple of years ago. That's how good he's been. And where did this come from, and why is it? Because is this whole group rallying around Matt Ishbia and this? Oh my goodness this thing might get blown up kind of energy. Is this whole group looking at each other and going, you know what? We got away from this. We let our culture slip away, but we really like each other. Let's fight to stick to and keep this together. Is it as cornball as that, Vinny? I don't. I mean, it could be. Uh, there's possibilities on the table. I, I want to extrapolate your, your spread this out more. Right. Zoom out a little bit more on on it's the last two games have been extreme examples. I mean, DeAndre Ayton is in his fifth year. These are the first two games he's ever had thirty and fifteen, and he's done it back to back. But uh-huh. since he came back from that little injury, he's played well. 
seven games, he's averaged 23.4 points, 13 rebounds. Uh, he's getting to the free throw line almost five times a game, which you look at that and say, oh, that's not that much. It is for DeAndre Ayton. He's shooting a high percentage. So, I don't, I mean, I, I was thinking about this. We, t- we talked about the shorthanded Suns mm-hmm. and having to rely on Mikel Bridges to be more of an offensive threat. And I didn't think he could do it. He's done it. He was great again last night in the third quarter. They don't win that game without Mikel Bridges. I think you can say in year five, Mikel Bridges is turning the corner a little bit, becoming a bit, a bit yes. of a different player. Yes. And I had said as recently as last week, you are what you are in year five about DeAndre Ayton, but we might have two examples on this Suns team right now of two fifth-year players where the light bulb is going on, and it might be a result of being shorthanded and being relied on differently. You, you get what I'm saying? Uh, I do. I just don't know if that explains DA. Uh, listen, I, I, I know we, you and I, we haven't gone back and forth on Mikhail Bridges. I've just been a little more skeptical because I've seen the ups and downs of him. He he hit a fadeaway one-hander last night when he went falling to the ground. That was a scorer's kind of shot, a huge degree of difficulty, where I sat back and said, okay, Vinny might be right about this. He There might be a, a legitimate corner being turned here with Mikhail Bridges. Uh, the DA thing, uh, to me, uh, yes, I think you could make a case that it isn't just two games, but these last two games... Games have have been that good that he, the last two games he, he has played up to his potential, which we haven't seen all that often. And, and, and what's bizarre about it is, it was, a week ago I was ready to wash my hands of this guy, mm-hmm. and I was not alone. No, and there's still people in that camp. Yes. Uh, DeAndre Ayton is aware of that camp, by the way. I see, I see what the people say about me. Uh, I mean, I, I had a. Uh I had a bad start of the season. It wasn't ankle injuries. Some other sickness or some crap that got in my way. It was more like an adversity type of season for me. You know, showing the type of player I truly am and me just sticking with it and just blocking out all the noise and the haters and all that stuff. Just getting back to the things I do best. You know, that's just being dominant. To hear him be honest about, hey, it was a bad beginning of the season to me, it shouldn't be the case. When And yes, did he arrive at what he wanted as a goal financially? Did he arrive there in the smoothest way? No. It, had, it, it took another team to swoop in in the Indiana Pacers and give him that max offer sheet that the Suns matched. But that's not the way the, the blueprint normally goes. No. He said all the right things early in the season. He didn't play well early in the season. He looks like a player who's rounding into form now. And with, what, 25 games left, 26 games left? Um that is, it could be real good time well, because this team's coming together again health-wise. But, but it, uh, yes, uh, uh, when you listen to DA talk about it, though, no, uh, you have to kind of remember this. There's there's traditional narratives for basketball players who, who maybe are underachieving and dealing with injuries, and then they deal with haters and trolls. And, and uh, DeAndre Ayton, to me, is not that. DeAndre Ayton is is a unicorn in this regard where the game started last night and immediately everybody, not everybody, but everyone who, who knows the Suns and covers the Suns were saying the same thing. Up, oh, good DAs here. Watch out. You can tell right away. Yes. You can tell the way he goes at the basket. You can tell immediately whether he's into it or not. So it, it, it's not injuries. It's engagement. And they're two dramatically different things. And there are games when he's just not engaged. And you're those are the games 
games that make you just go, what what is happening with this guy? But again, I, as somebody pointed out on social media, after games like la- the last couple of nights, the praise for DA should be commensurate to the criticism for him during the Daffy days. And, and so that's what I want to do. I want to focus on that and how, if you're Matt Ishby and you came in going, okay, you know what, I've been watching this basketball team for a month. It's been killing my sleep patterns. You know, I like to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning and get to work, but now i got to stay up to midnight on the East Coast watching the Suns. It, uh, the last couple games might have changed his mind a little bit. Yeah, it might have. Uh, by the way, DeAndre Ayton, for the you-need-to-dunk-that-crowd, mm-hmm. 24 dunks in his last six games. Uh, well, again, so so th- that's what I'm talking yeah. about. The, you, it's different. When he when he attacks, this is what you get. This is why, to me, he, he the last night, he, I'm like, this is this is Western Conference Finals DA. And, and can he roll like this for a couple of months? He's the X Factor, man. All things are possible if he plays at that level. I totally agree with you. Uh, and doing it last night against a pretty good, young, up-and-coming center in, in Nick Claxton, who uh, he's having a good year and leads the league in, in block shots. And, and DeAndre was very demonstrative well, and very, very forceful around the rim it's, last night. It, the level of opponent doesn't matter to DA. That's the other that's thing true. that's unusual about because him. Because he plays well against the best. And in the games you expect him to dominate, yes. he disappears. And you're yes. like, come on, dude. There's there's a guy 6'9 covering you. That is true. It, so, again, so the normal narrative, none of them apply to DA. Just let's hope this guy, this guy, stays here for a while. Yep. The uh, Sun will introduce their new owner later today, Matt Ishbia, officially in charge of the Phoenix Suns. What do we want to hear from the new owner? We'll tell you next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.